welcome to this week's episode of the NACF podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're in the second week of a brand new series called Walk It Out. And often in our spiritual walk and our spiritual development, we're looking around for somebody to be the difference, to take a stand, to be that person. Well, after you look around and you look in the mirror and you start to realize it's on me. Coming up. So the Father is God above us. The Son is God with us. The Holy Spirit is God in us. So the anointing is now on us. Uh, the responsibility is on us. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a way maker. He's mighty awesome. He's mighty awesome. God bless you, all of you that are here in the sanctuary and all of you that are listening. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. All y'all need to come on back. Amen. 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 What we're doing here is going to be hard to catch Corona up in here as long as we do right. And so come on back. It's feeling good in the house of the Lord. The water's warm. The water's warm up in here. Hallelujah. God is awesome. There is a word from the Lord this morning. We're going to Luke chapter 3, verse 21 through 22. Then we're going to jump over to Luke chapter 4, verse 14 through 19. And then Luke kept on writing over in the book of Acts. We're going to do Acts 1 and 8. It will be for you in the New International Version. Amen. As we stand in reverence to the reading of the word of God this morning. And you all can go with us that are listening live this morning. God bless you. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 through 22. Let's read together. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, Whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Let's jump over to Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Come on, read with me. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, 
to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then let's jump to Acts 1 and 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Our topic this afternoon is it's on me. It's on me. I need somebody to say that real loud. It's on me. Now this weekend, we lost another African-American giant. We lost a general, a civil rights icon. He marched and spoke and led with Martin Luther King. He's a freedom rider, congressman, a trailblazer, John Lewis. And I learned of him in the 70s as I studied black history and I studied the civil rights movement. And when speaking of him, I believe it was around the time that he gave him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. President Barack Obama stated that John Lewis, though he was very, very young at the time, didn't push off the responsibilities of stepping up on anyone else. That he understood the fierce urgency of now. The fierce urgency of now. And that's what I hope to get all of us to feel today, the fierce urgency of now. We are called to expand the kingdom of God. Our mission is to lead people to Christ, to change and to purpose. Our focus is twofold, kingdom and community. And our vision is to expand the kingdom through campuses that serve the community. Our world is in chaos. The end is near. People are dying without Christ. And our Christian country is now being called post-Christian. People in other countries are now sending missionaries to the United States. And between poverty and protests and police and prejudice and pandemics, don't you all feel the urgency of now? Is there anybody else around here that feels the urgency of now? We spent the first part of the year finding ourselves and finding our purpose. But now it's time to walk it out. Now walk it out. Somebody say, now walk it out. Take baby steps if you have to, but walk it out. Stop pretending like you don't know your purpose and walk it out. You have been brought to the kingdom, they told you last week, for such a time as this. So walk it out. Get up. Tell the devil to shut up. Tell him to get off your lap and stop paralyzing your purpose and get up and walk it out. God brought you out so that you could bring someone else out. So as Pastor, Pastor Erica told y'all last week, put your put your libertin, your libertins on one foot. That's red bottoms for y'all that don't know. Put your libertins on one foot and your Adidas on the other foot, ladies, and walk this thing out. Brothers, put your Stacy Adams on one foot and your Nikes on the other foot and walk this thing out. Walk it out now. Because we've been asking God what to do for the longest. Crisis after crisis, tragic event after tragic event, catastrophe after catastrophe. We go to God and he says, well, God, what do you want us to do? What is the church supposed to be doing in this time? And all he keeps telling us is to get my children out. 
Get my children out. Go get my children out. Our mission is clear, and you have your part to play. Every last one of you have your part to play. Everybody listening, you have your part to play. Either lead people to Christ, lead them to change, or train them in their purpose. You got to be one of them. Which one are you? Are you going to lead them to Christ? Are you going to lead them to change? Or are you going to help them find their purpose? Because there is a fierce urgency of now. And I need you to come to the conviction today that it's on me. Say it again, it's on me. I first titled this message, It's On You. But I really want you to hear this every time you're looking for somebody else to do it. I want you to leave here talking to yourself. So I flipped it around. I want this to bug you every time you try to pass the book to somebody else. I want you to hear yourself say to yourself, it's on me. Every time you encounter someone who needs Jesus or someone who needs prayer or someone who needs a word or someone who needs encouragement. Every time you encounter somebody that's hurting, somebody that's confused, or somebody that's lost, every time you think that someone ought to do something about this, if it ever comes to your mind, you know somebody needs to do something about this. The church folk need to do something about this. The government needs to do something about this. Every time you hear yourself say that, I also want you to hear yourself say, it's on me. Say it now. Say it like you mean it. It's on me. I got this. I'm anointed for this. I'm equipped for this. I'm empowered for this. I was born for this. I was born again to do this. This is on me. It's on me. It's on me. And this is where we find Jesus himself in the text. In Luke chapter 3, it's time now for Jesus to start his public ministry. Now, for the first 4,000 years or so after the creation of mankind, God, in his quest to have relationship with us, dealt with us from above. He would speak through prophets and judges and a few of the kings. And, 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 and for example, Noah, he spoke to to save us from total self-destruction. Then he sent Moses to give us the law. He sent David to teach us how to worship. He sent Daniel to show us things to come. And Isaiah, he sends Isaiah to let us know that the God who was above us would come down here and live with us. Emmanuel. God with us. He would show us up close who God truly is in a way that we could best understand in the form of a man. And this man who is God in the form of a man would show us the Father and then represent us to the Father. He would pay the death penalty for us and he would bring us in, into eternal relationship with God. So Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus is God with us. And so here, Emmanuel. Well, Jesus is he as our example, he's submitting himself to being baptized. And while he's being baptized, the Holy Spirit takes the form of a dove and comes from heaven and rests on Jesus. Then God speaks out of heaven, and in a sense, Reverend B that BJ, he ordains him. And so I want you guys to think of it as tag team. Anybody remember tag team wrestling? 
In tag team wrestling, you would be in the ring, then you would tag out, and the other person would tag in. So, so think of it as as God as the, the, the tag team that the Father now he sends the Holy Ghost to rest on Jesus, and in a sense, he tags the Son in through the Holy Spirit. Now, after being tagged in, and then he went into the wilderness, he had to pass the test that Adam and Eve failed. And so he passed the test uh, of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, which is the same test that Adam and Eve had failed uh, 4,000 years before. So he passed the test, and he's all tagged in. And so he comes now to the house of God, which they called the synagogue at the time. He comes to the house of God, and they handed him the book of Isaiah. And he finds this passage of prophecy that we now know as Isaiah chapter 61 and so he reads Isaiah 61 and it says the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In other words, he's saying now that I've read that now I'm here to walk it out. Jesus said, it's on me. It's my turn. It's my job. The spirit is on me. I've been tagged in. I have a purpose for being here. I have the fierce urgency of now. It's on me. So this phrase, it's on me, is used primarily to take responsibility. It could mean if we're out to dinner, it's on me means that I take the responsibility to pay for everything. It could mean sometimes that it's my fault because it was my job to be done. And if, if it didn't get done, that's on me. That's on me could mean I got this. I'll take care of it. It's on me. It's my turn. It's my time. It's on me. So right after Jesus reads that passage, he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, Jesus was saying that the anointing was now on him. The power of God for that season was on him. It's on me to preach. It's on me to set people free. It's on me to heal. It's on me to restore. It's not on the prophet. It's not on the priest. It's not on the religious elite. And it sure ain't on the king. It's on me. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Because he has anointed me. The spirit is a he. He, a person of the Godhead. He, the supernatural power and action part of God he the Holy Ghost he is on me and he has anointed me or he has empowered me so when the spirit rested on me Jesus is saying then the responsibility for the gospel the responsibility for the ministry the responsibility of for the kingdom has now shifted to me it's on me it's on me now fast forward Jesus finished his part he went back to heaven, and Dr. Luke begins to write again in the book of Acts. Because another transfer of responsibility is about to take place. That same Holy Spirit that tagged Jesus in is now about to tag us in. So he says, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses. In Matthew, he said it like this. Therefore, go and make disciples 
of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And Mark, he said it like this, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. And whoever believes not will be condemned. And these signs will follow them that believe in my name they will drive out demons in my name they'll speak in new tongues they will pick up snakes with their hands and when they drink deadly poison it won't harm them they will place their hands on the sick and the sick will recover this is how he said it in the book of Luke what he said the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem and you you are witnesses of all of these things I'm going to send you what my father promised but stay in the city till you've been clothed with power from on high in John he said it like this very truly I tell you whoever believes in me the works that I've been doing they are going to do even greater things than these because I'm going to my father and with that Jesus tagged out and sent the Holy Spirit to live in us and tagged us in somebody say it's on me so the father is God above us the son is God with us the Holy Spirit is God in us so the anointing is now on us uh, the responsibility is on us that everything Jesus did except die for the sins of the world is now on us so we should be feeling the fierce urgency of now somebody say walk it out it's on me what's on me it's on me now to proclaim good news it's on me to proclaim good news this this word proclaim in the original greek text is you angelizo you angelizo you angelizo it means to announce good news it's on me to announce good news i bring good news I preach good tidings. Somebody say, tell me something good. Y'all young folks don't know nothing about that. Y'all don't know nothing about that song. Tell me something good. Tell me something good. Somebody just, y'all come on back. Come on back. Come on back. I lost some of y'all. <laughs> tell me something good. Someone is in need of hope. Someone is in need of help. Someone is in need of direction. You know somebody that's in need of salvation. You know somebody that's in need of a healing. You know somebody that's in need of deliverance. You know somebody that's in need of a change. And you have the good news. What's the good news, Pastor? That there is hope. That there is help. That there is direction. That there is salvation. That there is healing. There is a deliverance. There is a change. He said, tell them the good news. Tell them something good. He said... To proclaim good news to the poor. And yes, he did mean the poor in resources. But he also meant to bring good news to what he called the poor in spirit. In other words, if you're lacking in anything, whatever it is you don't have enough of, whatever it is you're poor in, the good news is that whatever you lack, God is full of. 
I just like that line. I, I just like it. What you lack, what I lack, you are full of. That's the good news. Whatever you lack, God is full of. And he's waiting and he's willing to meet your need, to provide your need, to supply your need. And like she told y'all last week, some people don't think they need Jehovah Jireh. You might not need the provider, but you don't, you might not think you need Jehovah Jireh, but you know you need Jehovah Shalom. You need God of peace. You might not think you need Jehovah Rapha, the God that's the healer, but you know you need Jehovah Nisi, the God that's going to fight for you. You might not think you need the way maker, but you know you need the habit breaker. You might not think you need the heart fixer, but you know you need the mind regulator. Whatever it is that you lack, in whatever capacity that you are poor, we have some good news for you. The good news is that God is able. The good news is that God is ready. The good news is that God is willing and it's already paid for and it's free delivery. He may not have curbside service, but he got altar side service. He's just a prayer away. Now, ain't that good news? Ain't that good news? So tell them now. It's the urgency of now. It's on you to tell them. You are the announcer. You are the proclaimer. You have been brought to your area for this. You have been brought to your job. You were brought to this community. You were brought to your family. You were brought to your marriage. You were brought to the shop. You were brought to the agency. You were brought to the hospital just to proclaim some good news. Now walk it out. We're going to walk it out right now. Pull out those telephones. Pull out your phone. I want you to text somebody if you are listening. If you're listening on the iPad, pull out your phone. If you're listening on your phone, go ahead. Drop. When I give instructions, you can drop on and drop back in or, or, or go to something else. But right now, I want you to find somebody that you can tell some good news to. Who do I want to text somebody right now? We're getting ready to walk this out. We're talking about walking it out, right? Text somebody right now and tell them some good news right now. Tell them God loves you. Tell them God is with them. Uh, tell them God is, is healing. Uh, whatever it is. Tell them some good news. Come on, we walking this out. Come on, if you're not doing it, I'm leaning. Lean on them, Holy Spirit. We are to proclaim some good news. Tell somebody some good news. Text them right now. If you don't want to get off, call them on the phone while you're still watching and tell somebody some good news. Come on, tell me something good. Tell me something good. Every day. Here's somehow you can walk in purpose every day. Every day, tell somebody some good news. Maybe later you'll be a preacher. Maybe later they'll send you on a mission to Africa. Maybe you're going to walk the strip with a megaphone. But just take a baby step today and just tell me something good. Somebody say it's on me. To proclaim good news.
I feel the anointing. I feel that good news going out. That good news is going out. That good, good news is going out with the anointing on it. It's on me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. It's on me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. So at first it says, it's on me to proclaim good news and now proclaim freedom. Now in the King James Version, both words are translated preach. In the NIV, both words are translated proclaim. But Pastor Darian, in the, in the original Greek, they're not the same word. In the original Greek, that first word is what I say, euangelizo. Euangelizo. Euangelizo is, is that first word to announce the good news. But the second word here that's, that's proclaimed freedom is actually the Greek word caruso. That means to be a herald, to proclaim, or really to preach. It's a message that's publicly preached with conviction and persuasion. It's to publicly announce it with conviction and persuasion. I am to preach freedom. Somebody say preach freedom. Now notice, I'm to preach freedom to the captive or preach freedom to the prisoners, not set them free, at least not here, not set them free. It's to tell them, it's to convince them, it's to persuade them that they are free. Explain, Lucy. It, it, it's like the Emancipation Proclamation and, June, and Juneteenth. Now, I'll give you our history lesson, and, and, and uh, Lincoln was my boy, but I got to tell the truth. The Emancipation Proclamation didn't actually free anybody. It, it only freed the slaves in the Confederacy. Well, the Confederacy had succeeded from the Union, so Lincoln wasn't even their president. He wasn't their president anyway. So he freed some slaves in a place where he didn't have any authority. So the Emancipation Proclamation didn't have any authority until the territory was conquered. So it wasn't until after the war was over that their freedom went into effect. But the slaves didn't know it until the general arrived with the troops. And when the generals went through the south and they conquered the territory and they arrived with the truth, now the Emancipation Proclamation became into effect. Well, the last slaves to hear of it were the ones in Texas on June 19th. Two years after the proclamation. So all they had to do when they got there then was they had to proclaim freedom to the captives and that's all you guys have to do Jesus has already paid the price God has already set us free someone just hasn't heard the proclamation yet and so you are to caruso you are to proclaim it you are to preach it with conviction and persuasion you are to tell somebody you are free put the liquor down baby you are free get up from the slot machine get up from that video poker machine 
machine and don't go back to the casino because you are free. Put your clothes back on, baby. You ain't got to sleep around no more. You are free. Crack head. Throw away that pipe. You are free. Lady, get up from here. Depression can't hold you anymore. You are free. Breathe, my brother. Anxiety has no right to stay because you are free. Y'all need to start saving your money. Save your money that you've been spending on cigarettes. Save up that money you've been spending on marijuana because you are free. You're already free. You've been free all this time. You just didn't know it. So I came by here to convince you. I need to persuade you that you are free. Jesus has conquered the territory. He brought in the troops. The general showed up with the troops. He said, all power in heaven and earth is given to him. You know the truth, and the truth makes you free. My brothers and sisters, it's on you to proclaim freedom to anyone who still believes that they're a prisoner. How can you watch them bound and controlled by the enemy when you know they're free. It's on you. It's on me. So right now, pull that phone back out. We walking it out. We've been talking about purpose long enough. Y'all getting ready to do purpose. I want you to text somebody. If you're at home, text or call somebody. And let them know you are free. We will also move now into our time of giving, our time of giving tithe. Tithing, we believe here, is for worshipers only. It is a part of our worship. It is a part of what we do in our obedience just to show God that we are obedient and that we love him. There are three ways that you can give to our guests that have joined in. We are grateful that you are here and welcome into this place. You too also can give as those give that are members of our ministry. Three ways to give. You can give online at uantia-aliante.org. Push the donate button and follow the prompts. Second way you can give is through text. Text 77977 to New Antioch, all one word, and follow those prompts. And then you can also give through the standard mail system. Our address will, will be in the comments. It's 2550 Nature Park Drive, North Las Vegas, Nevada, 89084. We are grateful for those who continue to give, grateful for your obedience in giving. That's on me. What else is on me? It's on me to recover sight for the blind. If they knew better. Keith, I think they do better. And, and you can't really get mad at them. Don't get mad with them because they just don't know. They don't know. They are blinded by the devil. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, let me show you this. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. It says, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. People who are not saved are blind. It's veiled. They don't see it. The Bible says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see 
the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who's the image of God. The, the, they are blinded. They cannot see it. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord. That's why we got to preach. And we preach ourselves only as servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. The only reason that you came to, to Jesus Christ is because he shined light into your darkness so that you could see. He made his light shine in our hearts and give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory. We got this because we're not blind anymore. We can see. So it's on us to preach Christ. It's on us to announce Christ. It's on us to proclaim Christ. You got to tell them the truth. He is the truth. You need to pray for them until their eyes are open. Stop being mad with them. Stop being frustrated with them and pray for them until their eyes are open. And I believe that we have the power to do that naturally and spiritually. That some of you, God is operating in you on the gifts of healing and you can literally lay your hands on the blind and, and recover their sight. When the spirit of God is anointing you and you have the gifts of healing, it's on you to recover sight to the blind. But the biggest problem in the world today is spiritual blindness. They just don't see. They think sin is fun. Because they just don't see. They think alcohol isn't hurting them. And they think weed has no negative effects on them. Because they just don't see. Because a bunch of y'all are arguing me with me right now. Because ain't nothing wrong with weed. Because it's herb. And herb came from the ground. And God made the herb. And it's the problem. You get the curse of this generation. Is they don't understand what marijuana is doing to their brain. And their motivation. And their attitude. Because they just don't see. They think sex is worth their dignity. They think sex is worth their holiness. They think sex is worth their marriage. They're married to somebody, but they think sex is worth risking their marriage and risking their family. They, they, they think sex is worth risking their health. They're still having unprotected sex. Who has unprotected sex in 2020? They're still doing it because they don't see. They think they can keep living like they're living, doing what they're doing. And then their kids are just supposed to be all right. That I can go do this, and I can fuss, and I can yell, and I can cuss, and I can fight, and I can get along, and I can come home whenever, and I can not pay attention to these kids, and these kids just going to be all right. I'm going to do everything I'm doing. It's going to be, I'm just doing my thing, and, and think that these kids are going to be all right. Think that they're not going to have no effect on their kids, and they keep living like that because they don't see. They're blind. They've been duped. They've been hoodwinked. They've been bamboozled, and they truly believe that you're the one that's crazy because you can see. Let me talk to somebody know what I'm talking about. They'll argue with you all day and think you're the one crazy because you can see. It's the equivalent of you being in a room with somebody that's blind. And there's a TV in the room. And the blind person keeps telling you, ain't no TV in this room. I don't see that. 
I don't see no TV in this room. It ain't no TV in this room. And you saying, I can see. I'm looking right at the TV. There's a TV in the room. There is a TV in this room. And I say, ain't no TV. I don't believe you. You crazy. You so stupid. Who think it's a TV in this room? That's the dumbest thing that I, and you sitting up there saying, but I can see. And the world almost got us backing off. Like, oh, we're just being intolerant. They, they blind as they can be. You guys are intolerant, and you don't see anybody else's point of view, and you guys just think you're all you're right, and, and you're being judgmental, and you're being super spiritual, and everybody doesn't see it that way. I know you don't see it that way. You blind, baby. You can't see. And we're almost apologizing. We're almost apologizing as Christians because of what blind people are telling you is the truth. Don't be mad at them, Omar. They're blind. And you just don't see. Oh, but when you tell them the anointed truth. When you get out of your mouth the anointed truth, when you preach Jesus, when you fast and you pray and you intercede for them, you will recover sight to the blind. Some of y'all know right now, if you could see then what you see now, you go back and say, what in the world was I thinking? What in the world did I see in that booger? What in the world did I think I was doing? You were blind, but somebody prayed for you. Somebody interceded for you, and all of a sudden, you saw the truth, and the truth made you free. But you have to take responsibility for the power and the truth that you have. If it's to be, it's on me. It's on me to tell the truth. It's on me to do the warfare against the enemy. It's on me to declare that they will see. It's on me. Somebody say, it's on me. So let's walk on it. Pray right now for God to open someone's eyes. Or if you need to, text them the truth right now. Sweetheart, I just want you to know that man is crazy. <laughs> so if you need to text somebody the truth. If you were so right about that. You wouldn't be in a situation that you're in. You just don't see. Tell them the truth, but we're going to pray for God to open someone's eyes. Let's do it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are surrounded by people who have been blinded by the enemy. Open their eyes, God. They don't get it. They don't understand because they don't see. And so, God, I intercede for them right now in the name of Jesus. I declare we have the power to recover sight to the blind. Uh, and if they're going to see God, it's on me. It's on me. It's on me. So I break their blindness right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, it's on me. It's on me to set the oppressed free. Now, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Now, this one is a little deeper. With this one, you have to have an attitude. 
I need some folk with an attitude. With this one, you have to be ready to go to war. With this one, you have to know you anointed. Is there anybody in here who knows they're anointed? Not, oh, you know, sometimes I don't want to get the big head. And I need some folk that have an attitude enough to say, I know I'm anointed. Can I see three or four people that know you need to on this one? You need to know you're anointed. You got to know you're anointed and you can't mind getting dirty. For this one, for this one, this is a hands-on one. This is an oiling up one. You got to oil up for this one. For, for, for this one, for this one, you, you got to be commanding and demanding of the enemy. This is when you do the freeing yourself in the name of Jesus. Now, sometimes Jesus proclaimed freedom. Sometimes, but sometimes he got in there with them and set them free. He laid hands on the sick. He casted out the devil. He called Lazarus up out of that grave. He anointed eyes with clay. Here's another example. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus went to church one day, and there was some woman that was bent over and couldn't look up. The Bible says in Luke 13, when he saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman! You are set free from your infirmity. First, he proclaimed freedom. And then he got in there and he put his hands on her. The Bible says he then put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. That, that what was on Jesus, that same thing that was on Jesus to set the oppressed free is on me. I am called to set the oppressed free. I'm called to set free those who are oppressed by the devil. Those who are oppressed by their past. Those who are oppressed by their trauma. Those who are oppressed by mental illness. Those who are oppressed by addiction. Those who are oppressed by racism. Oppressed by hatred. Oppressed by fear and anxiety. Oppressed by sickness and disease. I am anointed to set the oppressed free. You got to feel it. You got to know it. You got to ask God to help you learn how to flow in it. Especially for those in your household. For those in your sphere of influence. Where there's no one else, Lamia, around to minister to them. That's where you got to know it's on me. I feel the anointing. I'm talking to somebody. My grandmother. They say, God, don't do that no more. Yes, he do. My mother had epilepsy as a child. And she would hide. She'd feel the fits coming on and she would hide. So nobody would see them. But my grandmother rolled up on her one day and saw her in the middle of an epileptic fit. But she understood that she had the power to set the oppressed free. She laid hands on my mother. And from that day to the day my mother went to heaven, she never had an epileptic seizure again. Tag team, team, tag my mother in. My mother had a, a backslidden godson. He was a preacher. He was a minister. And he had walked away from God. And the enemy had oppressed his mind. She went over to his house one day. She got sick of the devil on her godson. Went over to his house. Proclaimed freedom to that captive. And then told him this after prayer. She said, and when I leave here, devil, you're going to leave here with me. She walked out of that house. Closed the door. He walked in his bathroom. Looked in the mirror. And said he felt his mind snap back. 
And he preached and pastored for the rest of his life. And then tag team, I'm it. There was a young lady that was bound and oppressed in a depression and in trauma. I don't know what all she went through, but she was she was a Caucasian little girl, but she was her face was dark. Her eyes were dark. Her hair was unkempt. She was just no emotion, just bound and oppressed of the devil. Pastor Regina and I prayed over that young lady until the, 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 the light began to come back to her face, until the darkness began to leave her eyes. And when she came back to church the next week, the next night, her face was clear. Her makeup was on. Her hair was combed. There was a smile on her face. Why? Because we were anointed to to set the oppressed free. It's on me. Now walk it out. And it may not happen every time you pray for somebody. Because sometimes they don't want to be free. And so I asked God, God, look, what if I pray for these people and you don't do it? He said, oh, yeah, well, what if I do? That's what gets me to praying for y'all. God, what if you don't do it? And I pray for them and I call you don't do it. He said, oh, but what if I do? It'll be worth it. What if I do? He said, I promised you that greater works that we would do. So get out there in faith and hope. And God, if I don't get all of them, I'm going to get as many of them as I can. Because it's on me. Somebody holler, it's on me. I want you to walk it out. You get you some oil. You lay some hands. You cast out some demons, especially in your own house. You got to get an attitude that I refuse to live with a devil. Why would I live with a devil in my house when I'm being anointed to set the oppressed free? Be confident that the spirit of the Lord is on you and that is in you. I need somebody to say it with conviction. It's on me. It's on me to proclaim favor. You can get out there. You can look at a person and proclaim favor. It actually says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And this word proclaim is caruso again. Preach favor. <laughs> Preach favor. This term, the year of the Lord's favor, is also termed the acceptable year of the Lord. This goes back to the year of Jubilee in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you know, God deals with sevens. And so seven times seven is 49. And 49 years, life went on. And then in the 50th year, they called it uh, the year of Jubilee. In the year of Jubilee, at that time, all the slaves went back to their free state. Because they were slaves usually because they owed a debt to somebody. So the slaves would be set free. All the debts would be forgiven. If you lost your land, you could get your land back. Everything in your life was set back right in the year of Jubilee. Uh, you were set forgiven and set free. So this year of Jubilee is really a foreshadowing of the coming of Christ. They just, he let them have it for a year, but it's just a foreshadow of what's going to happen when the Messiah gets here. So when Jesus declared that that scripture had been fulfilled, 
fulfilled in him, what he was saying is that this starts a permanent year of jubilee, a permanent year of God's favor. Favor now is for life because Christ paid all the debts. All the debts are paid and we're set back right and everything is forgiven and it's like it never happened. We have, we can have back everything that the devil tried to steal from us. We got our life back. We got our liberty back. We got our prosperity back. We got our healing back. We got wholeness. We got perfect peace. We got joy unspeakable and it's for you. This jubilee is for you. This favor is for you and this favor is for them and what we got to do is we got to keep preaching it. We got to keep declaring it. We got to keep telling the story. We got to keep sharing how he set us free because if people are going to be saved if people are going to be saved if the kingdom is going to be expanded if there is any hope for the world it's on me it's on me it's my responsibility it's I feel the fierce urgency of now I have to find a way now even in the midst of this pandemic we have to find it's on us we have to find a way now. It's our responsibility. The anointing is on me now. The power is on me right now. The assignment is given to me in the fierce urgency of now. And it's an honor. And it's a privilege for it to be on me. Somebody say, it's on me. It's an honor and a privilege. For this to be on somebody as raggedy as me. It's on me. Lift those hands to the Lord all over the building. Lift those hands where you are at home. And your prayers to this. Spirit of the living God. Fall fresh on me. It's on me. Thank you God. Release it in me. I declare, God, I will proclaim freedom. I will send out good news. I will set the oppressed free. I will proclaim favor. I will recover sight to the blind. I say yes to you, God. I understand it's on me. In my family, on my job. I'm not looking for a pastor. I'm not looking for a priest. I'm not looking for the government. I'm not looking for my mama. I know it's on me. It's on me. And I say yes. And I release my life to you. It's on me, God. I'll do it. I'll go. I'll tell them. I'll announce it. I'll preach it. I'll lay hands. I'll fight. I'll do the warfare. It's on me. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Those of you who need to be saved, you need, you may be in this room right now, and you know that you need to rededicate your life to God, or that you need to come to God for the first time. I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you're here right now and you need to be saved or you need to rededicate your life, raise your hand out there right now. We'll get you right now. Anybody here right now? 
And those of you that are listening, pray this prayer with me. I see your hand, baby. To re-educate yourself, say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for everything I've done wrong. I believe in you. Come into my heart. I'll serve you for the rest of my life. And I thank you that you're in me. And now, that, and now the responsibility is on me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have prayed that prayer, you are saved. If you really believe in Jesus and asked him into your heart. And we want you to go right on that comment page and let us know. Give us your name and your information. And we will get you this book called Salvation 101, Saved. And it will help you in your journey. You need to be saved. There is hope for the world. This world, the only hope is not for this physical world. It's for those that God is calling out of the world. Your hope is in Jesus Christ. We want you to be saved. You need a church. You need some people that can help you, and we'd love to be your church. So if you want to be a member, if you need to be a member, you don't have to wait till after the pandemic. You can join our church right now. Just put in that comment section that you want a church home and you want to be connected to us. In the name of Jesus, please do that. Please do that. If you have rededicated your life and you need a place for growth, we want to be that place for you. Please inbox us. And if you're in this building, amen, we are here. We are here to make you part of this family. If there's anybody right now that that's not a member of our church that wants to join our church, if you raise your hand, we are here today to get you all signed up. Amen. Amen. Now let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, in this room right now are people that you have called. In this room right now are people that the anointing is resting on. God, as they are here today, I ask you to let this word penetrate their heart. Let it break into their heart. Let it break in their responsibility. God, anytime they see a need, I declare that they're going to remember it's on me. It's on me. It's on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh right now. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh in this room right now. Spirit of the living God, walk up and down these aisles right now in the name of Jesus. God, as your people People receive a fresh anointing. Come on, you all in this room right now. The Spirit of the Lord is on, it's on you, so you might as well get this fresh anointing. I need to see some people that want a fresh anointing. You want to operate in the power. You got somebody you need to lay hands on. You need to speak freedom of the Spirit of the living God. Fall fresh, fall fresh. Pastor Sharonda, receive it. A fresh feeling, a freshness of the Holy Ghost. Pastor Darian, receive it. Brother Marias, receive it. Follow me, God. Follow me, Amber. Receive a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. Fall on Pam right now. Fall on James right now. Fall on Demia right now. Fall on Sean. In the name of Jesus, Shane, there it is. A fresh anointing. Pastor Ronnie, a fresh anointing, Liz. Can't you feel it? It's on me. It's on me. It's on me. Receive it, Keisha, right now. Receive it, Keisha. Receive it, Rev. Come on, a fresh anointing. Receive it, Keith, right now. Receive it, Arnett. Receive it, Andrea. A fresh anointing. Fall on me, Jackie. Tell him, fall on me. Fall on me, Tiffany. I receive a fresh anointing. Shay, I receive a fresh anointing. 
fall on Red, fall on Russ. Fall on Karen. You got so many people that you're the only one that's going to be able to get to them and speak that peace. Fall on me now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Are you ready for God to use you? Are you ready, Omar? Lift those hands and let that anointing, a fresh anointing, fall on you now. In the name of Jesus, I receive it. A fresh, I receive it on myself. You have, God, empowered me to preach the gospel. You've empowered me to set the captive free. You've empowered me to preach freedom. You've empowered me to proclaim favor. I receive it. Yes, Lord. 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 It's a perpetual yes, 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 yes. I'll just say yes. You that are listening, lift your hands where you are right now and receive this fresh anointing on your life. The Holy Spirit can walk in your living room, on your job, in your car, right now, wherever you are, and receive it. It's on you. It's on you. It's on you. It's on you. Receive it now, Spirit of the living God, all over us. Hear our yes and lead us on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. My life is yours. Let me hear you. Yes, You got to say it till you mean it. God bless you. Let's give God an applause for his being in the room from the time we started to right now. Hallelujah. to God. Amen. Play me a little something soft while we come to the end of our service. I feel that some of you are drifting and those of you especially that are listening and those of you that are here. And so for right now, our focus is this, for you to reconnect. Don't drift. Somebody say, don't drift. Reconnect. Don't drift. 
And so some things we want you to do, we want you to reconnect with your community groups. Those of you that have not been in your community groups, we want you to reconnect, find your leader, get back connected. I know Zoom is not the same and phone is not the same, but we can't allow us to drift. We don't know how long this is going to last. So quit being resistant and come on with the program and get back in and reconnect to your community groups. Those of you that don't have a community group to connect to, we're going to uh, have a... We're going to have something on the website and something right here on this page. And we're going to create a link that will link you directly to our community group ministry so that you can uh, reconnect and get a group. I need every last one of you in a smaller group. That's the only way we can keep our hands on everyone. We don't want you to drift. I need you to join a community group or reconnect to your community group. And that goes for our youth and our children. Our children's ministry is still going on. Our youth ministry is still going on. Parents, I'm leaning on you. You cannot afford to let your children go months without being in church or connected to somebody that's spiritual. So we got some things that we're going to get your children reconnected, but I need you to get in touch with your children's ministry and your youth ministry people this week and get your children reconnected to the ministry. Because what are they doing all day? They're not fasting and praying and laying before the Lord all day. They're playing video games, and they on TikTok and, and, and Instagram and Snapchat and whatever it is that they're doing, and it's not feeding them spiritually. You cannot let your child go a year without spiritual upbringing. What are you doing, sweetheart? I need you connecting your children back to ministry. I don't care that they don't want to. The devil is supposed to tell them they don't want to. You're supposed to be the parent. I need you to grow up and be the parent and say you are going to youth ministry tonight. Get on that computer and lock in because I said so. We'll deal with the attitudes. We can deal with the attitudes later. We're, we're anointed to deal with teenager attitudes. I'm anointed to do it. And our children's ministry, we can't afford to let our kids drift during this time. We will not have the same testimony as a school district. I'm just saying. They're not going to forget everything about Jesus because they haven't been in church in a year. The devil is a lie. I'm for a parent's. Y'all, come on. Let's come on. Come on. Uh, hopefully, you're praying in the home and you're studying in the home. And those of you that are doing that, God bless you. But sometimes they do need those that God has called. This is our calling. So please reconnect your children. We're going to have some days where we're bringing children to church. I'm glad for all the young people that are at church. But just because we don't have children's church don't mean that your kids can't come to church. Bring them to church with you. It doesn't matter that you don't want to be bothered with them. They don't have to be entertained 365 days a year. How many of us grew up sitting in church next to our mama? We ain't had no children's church. And church was longer by hours. 
I'm sorry, Daddy, your church wasn't. But these other churches was longer by hours that we sat in church with our parents. We need to bring them up under the anointing. Please bring your children to church. We're going to have some days that are specifically for you to bring your children to church. But you can bring them to church with you uh, every week. Just let us know that they're coming. Please reconnect your children. Reconnect yourself. We're going to have a reunion day where all of us are going to get on Zoom together and have a reunion. We're going to have a parking lot service. we got to work the logistics out but we're going to have a parking lot service so all of us can drive up and have church together we are going to reconnect so you don't drift everybody say reconnect and then tell somebody don't drift the other thing I need to see some of you uh, most of you have my phone number if you don't put it in there we'll get you the phone number uh, I would say it now but uh, y'all not gonna write it down but here's my phone number and have FaceTime meetings Make an appointment with me to call me on FaceTime so that I can see you face to face. Please do that. Call me, text me rather, and we'll make an appointment. I'm going to call you, FaceTime you, and we can see each other. I want to talk to you. I want to see you. So that's another way that you can reconnect. If you have not talked to your pastor in months, you need to call me and let's have a conversation. I want to look in your face. And all of you poor people that aren't anointed to have an iPhone and got an Android, uh, we'll Zoom. We can, we can Zoom, y'all. Y'all, uh, Android people might have to go on Zoom. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I'm not mad at you, Android people. I just can't FaceTime you. That's all I'm saying. But I can Zoom you. You guys are probably smarter because we paid way too much for them iPhones, but... Uh, so I FaceTime or Zoom, I want to see you. I want to talk to you. I, I don't want to see those little things that you put on there and that fake face. I need to look in your face and know that you're okay. So these are all the things that we have going. We want to reconnect with you. And so please be with us. We love you. We miss you. All of you, it's so good to see all of you, our visitor. Uh, some of you might be members, but I can't tell because I can't tell who you are behind your mask. These masks are driving me crazy. So if I, but I'm waving at you. I love you. I appreciate you. It's so good to see um, all of you here. Uh, Pastor loves you so, so much. Oh, you're waving at me. All right. <laughs> I recognize you, Sister Karen. Amen. And so we're finished for the day. God bless you all. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind and live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Greet one another with a holy wave. Y'all look at each other because you can't touch each other. Look at each other and wave at those that you have not seen. And I'm waving at you all. And all the saints here salute all of you that are listening. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. For those of you who do need to give, if you would like to give, you can give on the way out. The, the offering receptacle is there at the door. Uh, amen. Everybody remain seated, and we're going to get our seniors out. Please, six feet. And pray for those. We got more and more and more members that have tested positive for this virus. I need you all to be careful every day. Those of you that uh, have... Uh, teenagers you don't want them to come to church I should have said that they can go to the gym and they can go to over their friend's house but then you scared of COVID when it's time to come to church really uh, but 
um, be careful. Make sure you're careful. This thing is really far. We didn't have this many people the first time around. But pray, pray and intercede for all of those. We don't want not one death. We're not trying to lose anybody to this virus. I need you all to pray and intercede. Amen. We have a few that have been in the hospital. We have a few that are in the hospital right now. We need you to pray. But you all, please be careful out there. Um, but if you do what you're supposed to do when we're at church, there's no reason anybody should contract it at church. So, but we have to do. So go straight to your cars. Do not stop. Go. Be six feet between each other. Make sure they're slowing down. Safety out there. Make sure they're slowing down. Go straight to your cars and go home. I love you. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message really reached you. If you'd like to know more about our campuses, you can visit our central campus at newantioch.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dot org. Or for our Aliante campus, you can visit us at newantioch-aliante.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dash A-L-I-A-N-T-E. If you'd like to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so by texting New Antioch to 77977 for Aliante Campus or for Central Campus, it's New Antioch Central at 77977. Thank you.